Hello and welcome to Form of Human. The space, the place that we try and blur the lines of bias by telling real human stories. I am your host, Brownrick Wools, and thank you so much for joining in today. If you're the kind of person that wants to be challenged and seek out those hidden biases that you hide somewhere in your brain, then you have come to the right place. We are questioning and using empathy to get into those places. Get ready for an experience like you've never had on radio before. In this first section, you're going to be hearing a story from an actor who is retelling an event that took place from someone that you don't know. You don't know if it's black or white or if they're Hispanic or what color of skin they are or where they're from. Just listen to the story. Sit back and take it in for yourself. So the moment that basically changed me as a person happened a couple of years ago. In 2005, my family decided to go on a vacation out of country to visit some relatives. We got stuck in another country for about two weeks on our way because we didn't have the right passport. Um, One night, my family was together and we were having fun, laughing, um, and my mother suddenly had trouble breathing. This was totally unexpected and out of the blue. She was a completely healthy person, but this night, for some reason, she couldn't catch her breath. Um, We found one of those brown paper bags that you would carry your lunch in, um, and we gave it to her so she could breathe into it, but it didn't help. She passed out and fell on the floor, and we called an ambulance immediately, but they took 15 minutes to get there. They took her away, and we didn't find out what happened until the next morning. Um, The next morning, we got a call, and they said she was fine and that we could visit her in the hospital. We all went to the hospital, and when we got there, we asked her what she thought it might be, uh, what she thought all this meant for her medical needs. Um, She was a very healthy person, and we were really concerned. Could this be a bigger problem? Um, She thought it was just a panic attack. She said she was under a lot of stress, but she would be okay, and she was ready to leave the hospital. Um, Now, we're not the kind of family that shows any sort of affection. We've never really told each other we loved one another verbally, we just knew it, you know, it was just kind of inside of us. Um, And I remember that as we were leaving, I kissed her on the forehead and I knew I loved her. I've always known I've loved her, um, but I just needed to tell her, you know, I I needed her to know. I think I did that because of the fear, you know, I think I did that because of all the fear that I was experiencing and that was going on inside of me. Um, But as the day went on, we kept in contact. We actually planned to have breakfast the next morning. She said, as soon as I get there, we're going to talk through things and cook together. And I was so excited. I honestly couldn't sleep that night. I was so ready to be reunited with her. Um, But anyways, back at the hospital, my sister was staying with my mom. um, And as the night went on, my mom started talking to her about how she should take care of my family and how she should look out for her brothers and to make sure that dad runs the business the way he should. Um, And my sister was shocked. You know, these were just such strange things for my mom to be saying all of a sudden. Um, Anyway, so that night, my sister, she fell asleep and woke up to my mom screaming, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Um, So my sister ran out of the room and she grabbed the first person she could find. And... um, 
they took my mom to another room and they closed the curtains and my sister could barely see what was going on but she remembered seeing um, things being stuck into my mom's mouth and hearing the heart monitor beeping uh, this went on for 10 minutes and then all of a sudden she heard the flatline they, um, they tried to bring her back um, they tried and they tried but there was nothing they could do uh, in the middle of the night, me and my brother were woken up by a knock at the door. Someone answered, but we couldn't understand what they were saying. Uh, then all of the women in the house started to clean. And my brother said, why are these women cleaning at four in the morning? He said, there has to be something wrong with mom. I said, I said no, what are you talking about? She's, she's completely healthy. There's nothing wrong. We saw her today. She was fine. And my brother lost it. I was holding it together because I don't like to jump to conclusions. I kept saying, no, there's nothing wrong. Mom is fine. Um, and my brother kept repeating, why are they cleaning? Why are they crying? I continued to say, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's okay. I had to take care of my older brother and it should have been the other way around. But no one would tell me anything. I remember just being so frustrated because no one would tell me anything. Eventually, my sister came home in a state of mind I had never seen before. She, she absolutely had lost it. Um, she's holding mom's sweater and smelling it as she walks in the house and she sits down. And I asked, I asked, is she okay? Is everything okay? And my sister says, oh, absolutely. She's, she's fine. She, she should be right behind us. She's following us she'll be here in a little bit everything's perfect um let's get decorations up let's do everything let's get ready for her to be here um are you ready to make breakfast um i said um and i said what's going on uh, why are they crying uh and she repeated nothing everything's fine don't worry it's okay um and i had to understand what was going on and no one would talk to me I'm especially only being 12 at the time, no one wants to tell you because you're young. Um, and I just kept asking, what's going on? What's going on? And no one would tell me until my uncle arrived. And the first thing he said was, she's gone. And I said, what do you mean she's gone? And he said, she's gone. That, that's it. And I remember going numb and my heart felt completely damaged. And then my uncle said, come with me, uh, we're going to the hospital. And they put me in the car, and as I was going, I kept repeating, uh, is it time for my doctor's appointment? Is it time for my doctor's appointment? Uh, uh, one thing my mom would always do is she would take me to my doctor's appointments. Um, my mom would always take me, and I kept repeating this. Um, is it time for my doctor's appointment? Is it time for my doctor's appointment? 
and my brother and uncle thought I was crazy, but I kept repeating it, and to this day, I don't know why I kept saying it, but I just remember over and over, I kept saying, is it time for my doctor's appointment? Anyways, uh, we got to the hospital, and as soon as I entered the room, I saw her lying there, and after that, I can't remember exactly what happened. All I can recall is the doctors holding me down and sticking me with needles, and then I fell asleep, and then this happened again, and then I woke up and I was back at the house. Um, yeah. I remember when I woke up, uh, this helpless, I mean, this, this helpless and hopeless look on my brother's face, and it said... There is nothing left in this world. And my brother was the kind of person that was always laughing. He was always smiling. Um, So this was so out of character for him. And I just know that now, after everything, I am nothing like I used to be. Um, The death of my mom damaged me. But... It also brought a lot of strength to my life. You know, um, I believe everything happens for a reason. I believe that in life we are tested and um, we are never given more than we can handle. Um, Her death made me a much stronger person today and it made me realize that everything Everything has value. And so, appreciate everything in your life because you honestly don't know when you could lose it. Wow, that's so powerful. Thank you so much to our guests for sharing that story with us how I connected most was I think that anxiety of not knowing what's going on in a very traumatic situation even though I've never been in a situation like that I can't imagine what what that must feel like and um, I think that caused a lot of empathy for me to have with with our guest how were you able to connect with the story was it the the essence of losing someone very close to you or just the unknowing of being in a strange place being young and affected in such a such a strange way um give it some thought what we'll be doing now in this next section is delineating different factoids about our guest that will hopefully expose certain biases that have come up in the past that maybe we weren't aware of up until now So what I'll be doing is playing the song of Earth in the background to remind us that we're all human and come from the same planet Earth and that we're here as human beings to connect. I am Middle Eastern. I am male. I am Muslim. I am 23. I am Palestinian. I am 4'8". I am 100 pounds. I really don't. I don't know. I'm not into the whole politics thing, to be honest, in in the United States. So, uh, what do you think? Were some of your biases triggered and exposed? 
I hope so. I hope so, because of this next section, we'll be getting to know our guest even even further and deeper. I have a great conversation with him where we talk about loss and trust, death and life, and kind of what it really means to connect as human beings. I really hope you enjoy it. I'll just pick it up from where we talk about how it's so important to appreciate everything that we have because we really don't know when it will be taken away from us. Appreciate, mm-hmm. just appreciate everything that you have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as long as you have it. Yeah, there's an interesting tension where it sounds like there's, in a way, you can't trust the things that people, that are many people assume are always going to be there which is damaging like you said but at the same time there's a strength there that you discover that you that you didn't think was there is that true yes absolutely um it's hard for me to trust anyone nowadays to be honest trust is something that's pretty much gone in my life because Mm -hmm. you can't trust that you can't say oh i'm gonna have my dad forever Oh, or or I'm gonna have my dad until I get married. I don't know. I mm-hmm. honestly, I can't play on on having my dad for a certain amount of time. All I can do is just thank God I have him every day. I have mm-hmm. him. And it's the same thing. This this affected me with relationships as well. Uh, the person I'm currently seeing uh, has trouble with me because um, I don't trust that she'll be here forever. Because honestly, as as soon as my mom passed away, it opened the door to think that literally anything is possible. The worst person could do the most amazing thing and the the most amazing person can do the worst thing. Wow. It's 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 something that it changed my perspective on life to be honest. It's no, there's nothing basically nothing's impossible. Mm-hmm. And positive and negative aspects. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You usually just hear that on the on the positive side, you know, on yeah. the, the possible side. Yeah. And now you're like, no, let's let's look it, at it. it. Let's look at it both ways. Exactly. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not just going to tell you that I heard story. Everybody hears stories, but it's like there there's some people that believe honestly how what's the pro, what's the possibility that actually happened? What's the probability that actually happened? I honestly don't think like that. I think like it's as possible that as if like I, I'm going to pass away tomorrow. Anything's it's there's no oh you're a great guy but you're not going to cheat on your wife. That's no. You could definitely cheat on your wife. There's no you know you are a great guy. That's good, but you know what I mean. Oh, that yeah. doesn't make you any different. We're all human. We make mistakes. Anything's possible with anyone. Yeah. That's how I don't I I just flip a coin to be honest. That's how I, I live life. That's so interesting. Yeah. I was just thinking today. Um, I have I have a lot of anxiety and um, the skepticism about you know someone being close to me like dying or me dying unexpectedly from a disease or from a car accident. And I was I was thinking it in terms of probability. Like what is the probability of you know? And especially when I start psyching myself up, like oh I have a weird thing in my back. Like maybe you know like maybe I'm Maybe there's something wrong, but I'm also struggling to breathe. Like maybe that's something horrible going. Like, what are the chances of me having like two terminal diseases? Come on, yeah. like get a hold of yourself. But um... <laughs> no, I mean that makes sense. <laughs> to be honest, no, I am. But it's it's 
it's interesting from someone ha- like you having gone through the experience, you know, and yeah. um, it's just you just see the world a different way, and um, you know, I'm I'm like in one way, it sucks that you had to go through that in order to see it, but at, at another level, I feel like you're an advan you're at an advantage um, because you you've lived through it and so you know that you can survive you know that life does go on but if like nikki and blair died in a car accident tomorrow like i don't i don't know what i do i i you know i think that just the thought of it is um it's just so immensely scary absolutely i i I feel the same way even like till this day i think what if my brother died how would i how would i feel i don't honestly i don't like to think about it the way I see it is if it happens, I'll deal with it. Yeah. That's yeah. how I see it. I yeah. mean, there's really nothing you can do. If it happens, it's going to happen. You just have to deal with it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I mean that's pretty straightforward, but it's like, I, that, those are probably just words, but it's like, no. that's not... No, it makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and also, it seems like one has to have the right community in order to be able to get through it as well. I mean, like, I would go insane if it was just me having to deal with that, you know, and sometimes I find solace in that, like, okay, but there's other people who would also suffer and also hurt if that did happen, you know? Exactly, yeah. And that we can be human together in a in a community, I think. Right. Just probably why we need we need other people just in life in general, so. I agree. Um, okay, to a lighter side, um, what... What do you want to do with your life now? Like, what is the what is the thing that you're excited about doing or accomplishing or getting into? The thing I'm excited more than anything right now is getting into a master's program and becoming something I've always wanted to be, which is a school counselor. Mm-hmm. I want to help students become everything they can be. I want them to max out their ability. I want them to think they can do something and do it. Mm-hmm. I want to inspire them to do something. I don't want them to have any doubt. Like I said, there's some students that think to themselves, oh, I just, I'm not a school guy. Okay, if, if you're not a school guy, maybe open a business. You know, I'm all for, you know, not everyone has that, you know, mentality to go to school and just, my brother, for example, he's he's stopped but not trying to open a business. Mm-hmm. It's it's honestly what the person wants to make. Yeah. That's what's important. And that's what you're passionate about, sounds like. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's just to make someone, you know, to make someone to help someone with their personal goals. It honestly, it makes me it makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like. You're put. You're helping. You're making them happy, and it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. So maybe just explain um, a bit about the disability and how it it does impair you, depending on you know whatever you're doing, or even oh. if it does. I don't know if it does. So I was born with uh, I was born with sacroagenesis, and that is that means basically um, a disformation of the legs and also absent of a bladder i was born without a bladder okay and so what they did is they took my um appendix i believe or spleen or something like that and they formed a bladder from that and so 
Now, I mean, thankfully, I had to wear a diaper up until the age of four because when I didn't have a bladder, it would just come out. There was nothing to hold it. Yeah. So, but now, thankfully, everything's normal with that. But there's really nothing that um, I can do physically that other people can do. I feel like, you know, I go to the gym. I go everything. I have the same endurance as my brother. You know, everything's fine. It's just... um, no, yeah, I can't. I can't really say that there's anything that you know is impairing. Just it just physically looks different. Yeah, yeah. That's that all. Right. Yeah, and that sucks too. I mean, it's yeah, it does suck. But like, I can do whatever you want to do. Like, don't treat me differently just because it yeah. looks. Just because it looks, looks strange. Different. Yeah, because yeah. it looks different. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. What's something that you wish people knew about you? Like just people on the street. You know that you would that just run into you. I wish they wouldn't. Um, okay, being born with a disability. Yeah. I wish they wouldn't just look at me and assume that. Just sympathize with me. I don't want. I I hate sympathy. Hmm. It's like look at me and like oh he has a disability oh let's treat him better let's let's be nice to him no I don't want that. I want you to treat me as any other person. If you're mad, look at me with a dirty look. You know, mm-hmm. if you're, if if we get in a fight, punch me in the face. Don't go easy on me because I have a disability. Treat mm-hmm. me like a person. I'm born like a person. Treat me like a person. Mm-hmm. Don't let my disability like make you look at me as if I'm weak. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's just that's sense. that's one thing I hate. Honestly, it's like there's times that we walk by the same person if my brother walks by him they don't say anything but if i walk by him they're like oh hey how are you doing it's like come on you know i don't need that and honestly it just it makes me so mad it's like don't just leave me alone but it's like <laughs> hey i understand you're trying to be nice that's nice thank you but it's like oh i can't do that but yeah that's pretty much it it's like don't base me on my looks you know get to know me as a person i'm yeah. i'm the same as everyone i feel like so inside at least so So there you have it. I hope that you were able to connect with someone that you never thought you'd be able to connect with before. And if you connected in such a deep level that you'd actually want to speak to our guest, let us know. Find us on Facebook at the Form of Human page, um, like our page, and send us a message, and we'll try our best to put you guys in contact. This is our very first episode, so thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world to us. If you also believe in blurring the lines of bias by telling real human stories, please hit subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever you're listening to us from. We really would love your support and build a community around this mission. Hit us up on Twitter at Form of Human or like our page on Facebook. Thank you so much. My name is Brown Rake, and you're listening to Form of Human. This particular podcast has been produced by Morgan Irish. I am your host, Brown Rake's business development is Nicole Wills, and our graphics department is headed by Joe Canfield. Music today was by Jazar. You can find him on Free Music Archive. Thank you so much again for tuning in. I hope you have a great week.